God is up to something. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Now, I hope that I can preach this the way that it was downloaded to me. I hope I can share it with you and encourage you today. But one thing that we all have to realize is this. Number one, you're not going to get any stronger in the Lord if you don't engage in the fight. And if you're in the middle of a battle and in the middle of a fight, the only thing to do is surrender to the Lord. Just surrender. If you just throw your hands up and let the Lord take care of it, just he'll, he'll take care of it. Amen. Well, it might hurt. Yes, it might hurt. It may kill me. Yes, it may kill me. But Paul said to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He said, if I die right now, I'm in the presence of the Lord. See, we get too attached to this world down here. We get too attached to what's going on down here and lose sight of what's where we, our sights really should be, and that's in heaven. I know that some of you have went through some very, very similar things. I know Brother Dave has went through some things that, that I've talked about today. He's went through the same kind of stuff Brother Larry has. Those of you that have been dealing with situations like this in your lives, you know exactly what we're talking about. But the devil wants you to feel hopeless. The devil wants you to feel like you're all by yourself. The devil wants you to feel like the God's forgotten all about you. We all have difficult times in our lives. We have difficulties at work. We have stress-related difficulties. We have relationships that give us difficult problems and situations. Sometimes we may deal with a health issue or something in our financial life and financial world that will give us stress and will cause us pain and it feels like sometimes that you just don't want to even get up in the morning. You just rather lay in bed because if you lay in bed, at least you think they can't find me here. But then they come to your door and ring the doorbell and the dog lets them know that you're there. Thank God for the dog. So no matter what you do in any of these areas in life, it feels like that we're trapped in a pit and we can't get out of it. It feels like there's no way around the storm. And guess what? Let me tell you this is about storms. Storms don't last always. Storms aren't going to last always. Eventually the sun's going to shine again. Eventually it, it will take place. It will happen. There will be sunshine again in your life. That storm and that, that situation uh, is, is uh, on the move right now. Say, my problem is on the move. Say it again, my problem is on the move. Because do we realize that the problem that we have right now in our lives currently is moving out of our lives? We're not going to have to deal with the beginning of that again. We're not going to have to deal with this phase again. That thing is moving and making its way out of our lives. And eventually, it all comes down to the end and it... It looks like, how am I going to do all of this? How, how is this all going to happen? That baby's moving out of your life. It didn't come to stay. It didn't come to, to uh, build up camp. I love this phrase in the scripture. And it came to pass. Years ago, years ago, I don't know whether it's because I married Amy or Amy married me. I'm trying to still figure out after 32 years who the lightning rod is here. Who attracts all the attention. I'm afraid it's me. We went through a situation in our early ministry 
And a, a pastor told me, he said, you need to learn these five words right here. And it came to pass. It's not always going to last. There's going to be an end to it. You're going to survive. The sun is going to come up again, and everything is going to be all right. Amen? I want you to look at your situation in your life and say these words to it. And it came to pass. You're not camping here. You're not staying here. You're moving on out. You may be here right now, and I may be dealing with you, but you're not going to be here always. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You, some of you have been through battles and fights, and you wonder how in the name of God did I ever make it through, but you made it through. You made it through and you saw another day. So it's going to pass in your lives. Even if it looks like God has abandoned you, he hasn't. He's been with us the whole time. Now, I must say that Tuesday I was throwing my hands up saying, where is God in all of this? Where are you, Lord, in all of this? How in the world? I felt bad. I felt bad because here I am standing in front of you trying to preach faith, and I can't even believe it. I think the thing that really got a hold of me was just the disregard for the law. Just the disregard for, you know what, if these circumstances went against this person, then why don't these same circumstances go against this person? And so you wonder, God, where are you at? But even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. God is still at work in that situation. God is still at work in your situation. God is still at work in your family situation. No matter what it is, no matter how bad it is, God is still working. How do you know God's still working, Pastor? Because God is alive. God is a spirit and spirits can't die. God always has been, always will be. He has no end. He has no beginning. He is the first. He is the last. The one which was and is and is to come. He's the one that died before we were even born. Amen. He's the one that shed his blood on the cross for the remission and redemption of our sins and souls. He is the one that put all of this in place and it came to pass. Amen. So when you look around and realize that God is still working, don't let the devil try to trick you because when hard times come, it's so easy for the devil to distract us from what God is really doing in our lives. It's so hard when hard times come for us to realize that God is still working because the devil wants to refocus our attention. He wants to focus our attention on stuff that is not happening. He wants to focus our attention on stuff that we thought should have already been fixed and it wasn't. In the midst of it all, the devil wants your focus on what you can see. Everybody say, can see. Can see. Can. C-A-N. Can. Can. He wants you to focus on all your troubles and all your fears in that moment. He wants to, you to focus on what if. What if this and what if that. And what if this, and what if that? And what if this, and what if that? You can't, that's, that, you're paying debt on something that doesn't exist yet. That's called worry. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing. New Living Translations, Philippians 4, 6 says, it, it says, and don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. That, so listen, listen. 
more than what God is doing on our behalf through our struggle is the, the devil is wanting us to focus on the fear. He wants us to focus on those bad points. He wants us to focus on that bad decision. He wants us to focus on all of this when really there's been a track record that God has already laid out that God has been working, amen? If you want to have a steady flow of joy in your life and, and peace, you need that uh, which transcends all understanding. You've got to go beyond our understanding. We have to go beyond what we know. We have to go beyond what we feel. We have to go beyond what we realize. And we have to learn to believe what we can't see more than believe what we can see. Everybody say, can. Say, can't. You have to believe more on what you can't see more than what you can see. Oh, pastor, what are you doing? You're twisting this up on us. Oh, this is a spaghetti message then. I'm here to tell you, we're going to have to believe more in what God is doing that we cannot see with our natural eyes more than what we can see with our natural eyes. Amen. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I cannot even imagine the peace of God in my finite thinking and understanding. You know that scripture that we quote, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us? You know that scripture? How much can you imagine God can go beyond that? How much can you think or dream God can go beyond that? You see, we're just stuck in mortal bodies. We're just finite creatures right now walking on this earth. We have a birth date and we're going to have a death date. We're going to have a, on the tombstone, there's going to be a dash in between two numbers, and that dash is going to be our whole lives. That's what's left of it. Our whole life is going to be explained in a hyphen, in a dash, in between two dates. But you see, we are headed into an eternity where we will become infinite with him. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, which exceeds the New Living Translation, anything we can understand. The new NIV, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You've got to get the peace of God in your life. You've got to get the peace of God in your heart. How am I going to do that, Pastor? You've got to surrender. Matthew 6.33, you have to surrender. You have to drop down all of your efforts to try to fix the situation. You have to drop all of your efforts to try to think through the situation. You have to drop all of your efforts to try to buy. That's what Americans like to do. We like to buy our way through the situation. Spend all that money on a lawyer and come out with nothing. Are you kidding me? Come to find out that the hearing officer and the other guy's lawyer were college buddies and beer drinking buddies today. How about that? But I can't let that get a hold of me because I have to get the peace of God in me because I know that even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Hallelujah. We got to learn to see the unseen. We have to learn how to see the unseen. Amen? Look at this picture here. This picture blows my mind. I've thought about this picture for about four days now. This is a picture of an iceberg. In this picture, you can only see about 10% of the iceberg, which is above the surface of the water. 
Yet below the surface of the water, 90% of that iceberg still exists. Say, well, okay, pastor. What's that have to do with anything? Ask the passengers in, on April 12th. Was it April 12th? 19, whatever it was, 1912? Ask the passengers on the Titanic if what they didn't see made a difference more than what they could see. Because you see, that ship was not supposed to sink. It was put together and set together so it wasn't supposed to sink. The only problem was the 90% of that iceberg that was still under the water, the surface of the water, put about a two to three inch scratch gap all the way down the side of the Titanic. Therefore, it created a place where all of the, of the compartments that could have been shut off, you see apartment and ships, they will actually flood parts of the ship. They will flood compartments in order to keep the ship floating if they need to give it buoyancy. But they couldn't do that on the Titanic because the scratch went all the way down the side of the ship. Therefore, if they flooded everything, everything was off balance. You see, it's not what you see that can kill you. It's what you can see that can kill us. It's not what we can see that God has done that's going to help us through. It's what we can't see by faith that God is going to keep working. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand praise on that. That's pretty good. Paul talked about seeing the unseen a lot. In his letter to the Ephesian church, he said this, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, I, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Anybody believer? He's got power for you. He's got power for you if you're a believer. He's got victory for you if you're a believer. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep trusting God. The power that is like the working of his mighty strength. So you have the physical eyes that you use to see the world around you. But we also have spiritual eyes or the eyes of the heart that give us an awareness of spiritual things that are invisible to the natural eye. I do not know how this whole situation is going to come out, but I know this. We were given a word from the Lord way back in the fall. And everything that that word was spoken to to this point has come to pass. Everything. The last part that has not come to pass yet is the most difficult part. I can believe the last part because I've already seen the first part transpire. I was with the guy the other day, the guy who gave us that word about the situation, and I said, I'm telling you, you better hope that this other part comes to pass because you know what they did to prophets in the Old Testament. I said, they don't use stones now, they use glocks and rugers. And he just smiled and he said, the Lord is going to bring it to pass. That's easy for him to say he's not in the middle of it, right? 
I can believe I can believe for you, Sister Madonna, that God wants to do great things in your life. You, Sister Susie, God wants to do great things in your life. When somebody tells me God wants to do great things in my life, I'm like, yeah, okay. But you don't, right, you don't know what's in my walk-in closet. Yeah, you don't know my past. You don't know the struggle I'm going through. You don't know the storm. It's easy for me to believe for Larry and Dennis back there, but it's hard for me to believe for myself. It's hard for me to trust God for myself. Amen? I hope I'm preaching to somebody today. I hope I'm talking to somebody today. Listen, we're going to have to learn how to begin to see with the eyes of our heart. That gives us that awareness of the spiritual things that are invisible to the natural eye. The spiritual things are our glorious inheritance that Paul was talking about in Ephesians. God's got a great inheritance for us, brothers and sisters. Just stay faithful. Sadly, we are so accustomed to only believing what we see right in front of us with our natural sight. Let me repeat that slowly. We are so accustomed to only believing what we see right in front of us with our natural sight. If we don't see God doing something, then we assume he's doing nothing. So then I got to thinking about that, and I got mad at the person who wrote the song. Even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. You're never working. Well, I don't need other words. You never stop. You never stop working. And we sing that. Put a little Native American to that. You know. Well, we're just singing that. Do we believe what we're singing? It's hard. It's hard to believe what you're singing sometimes. It's hard to believe what you're preaching sometimes. It's hard. I'll admit it. Hey, I put my shoes on one foot at a time, just like you do. Amen. The truth is this. God is always working. If we'll just believe that and keep our hope in him then we will see evidence of his work in, the time, in his time and his way. Say his time, his way. Guess what? God is said he's going to take care of the problem. But God is going to take care of it when we have exhausted everything. Oh, I'm going to preach right now. God's going to take care of it when you spend all the money you can spend. God's going to take care of it when you've taken all the medicine you can take. God's going to take care of it in this time all by himself. That way he cannot and doesn't have to share his glory with anybody else. Amen. If I call you up, Kevin, and you say, oh, pastor, I've got a migraine headache, but I took some Anison. Anison, see, are you that young, Randall? You remember Anison. How many of you remember Anison? They still make Anison. Just trying to get me off track. I got a migraine pastor, but I took two Anison. Call me in an hour. I call him back. Oh, I'm feeling good. Guess who gets the glory? Anison. But when I call Kevin, he says, I've had a migraine for four days. I've taken everything, and I can't get rid of it. And I say, let me come over there. And I lay my big old fat hand on his head, and I pray in the name of Jesus, and that headache leaves. You know who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Hallelujah. God's going to get the glory in your storm, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're trying to do. God is going to make sure he gets the glory. So now we're at a point where we're just going to have to step back and watch God. 
Oh, I have, I have prayed. I said, I've been watching, Lord. I'm praying for the 10th plague. I'm ready for the 10th plague. I'm up here on a mountain like Jonah, and I'm ready for the 10th plague. Lay it on them. Kill them all. Hallelujah. I've been nice in my prayers. I have been so nice in my prayers. I have not prayed God kill anybody. I have not. I, I have prayed, Lord, if this is not going to be for righteousness and for the kingdom, then remove those players. That's how I did it. I removed those players. That's how I did it in English, in English right? But now um, when I pray in tongues, I don't know what I'm praying in tongues. So you just best be careful because I don't know what I'm praying when I pray in tongues and I call out your name. Amen. Because I've got to let God work for me. I've got to let God do this thing. I've got to let him do it in his time and in his way and with his work and with his hand. When we realize that, that he is always with us, when we realize that he's always doing what is best for us, when we realize that everyone else in the situation all along, hallelujah, when I start to get discouraged because of the problem I've been praying about for this long time, I suddenly get down in the dumps and the devil wants to put fear on me and the devil wants to put, put uh, unbelief on me and the devil wants to hold me down with doubt. Then I say these three words, God is working. There's nothing magical about God is working in those words. But when you put it in the atmosphere, it starts to work. Hallelujah. God is working. Because the Bible says that if we will believe that God is working, even when you don't see it or you don't feel it, then God keeps on working. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go there. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Aren't we faith people? How many of you are Chevy people out there? Come on. Chevy people. What are you driving? If you're a Chevy person, God help you. You're gonna, you better be driving a Chevy. All right, let's get a little better here. Where are you Mopar people? We got just one, Sister Madonna. All right, what are you driving? Mopars? Yeah. See, Chevy people, that's what you're supposed to do. If you're a Mopar person, you drive a Mopar. If you're a Chevy person, you're supposed to drive a Chevy. Where's your Ford folks? Now, Randall, you voted twice. You got a slew of them. All right. <laughs> Always somebody to mess up the numbers. Always. If you're a Ford person, you're driving Fords. Do you know what the number one vehicle for millionaires to drive in America is? The Ford F-150 pickup truck. There you go. You might have some millionaires in here, you Ford people. What are you saying? If you're a Ford person, you drive Fords. If you're a Dodge person, you drive Dodges. If you're a Chevy person, you drive Chevys. If you're a faith person, you walk by faith. You operate by faith. You're driven by faith. You're pursuing faith. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So listen, we are now in a place where we, faith is a substance of things hoped for, but it's not seen yet. NIV, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. What I'm believing in faith, I don't see it yet. 
what I believe in God's going to do in faith, I don't see it yet. I'm believing God wants to fill this building multiple times over on a Sunday. I'm believing it, but I ain't seen it yet. But I'm still believing it. Now faith, the Amplified, is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I can't feel it. I can't smell it. I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't touch it or taste it. The five senses are eluded by faith. Faith is the real fact that when I can't feel it, you're working. When I can't see it, you're working. I'm walking by faith. Hebrews 11:6. without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. No one, today's English version, can please God without faith. For whoever comes to God must have faith that God exists and rewards those who seek him. The Amplified, but without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is in the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. There's the key right there. Seek God. You come up against a mountain range you can't move, seek God. You come up against a wall that you cannot penetrate, seek God. You come to a door that is locked before you, seek God. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The problem is we seek everybody else. We got to seek God. You can't seek your money. Your money can't get the answers. Your education is not going to get the answer for you. Your physical strength and stamina is not going to get it either. Your human reasoning is not going to get it. God is the only one that can help us through this. God is the only one that can do this. The children of Israel were 400 years in slavery. Generation after generation cried to be free. But those generations all died still in chains of slavery. Until it was God's time. Until it was God's way. Until it was God's hand. But that didn't stop him from praying. If you've been here on a Wednesday night a few weeks ago, you would find out that our prayers are in golden vials bowls in heaven and when we pray those prayers they come into the throne room of God it's in Revelation read it it's in there our prayers are in golden bowls golden bowls full of prayer what are you going to tell me pastor I'm telling you you're just going to have to pray you're going to have to trust God why are you telling me that pastor because I'm talking to myself I'm telling myself I got to pray and trust God I don't know if there, was, if there has ever been a hit I have taken in my life and ministry any more severe than that hit I took Tuesday. That baby put me down on the canvas. Now, some of you don't even know what that means. That's not like, you know, an art gallery. You know when you hit the canvas? That means you're boxing and you didn't got knocked down. I was knocked down but not knocked out. Oh, come on now. 
It's okay to get knocked down. Just don't let him knock you out. It's okay to stumble sometimes. Just don't lay down there, get back up again. Amen. God wants to work in your life. He's given us a helper to help us get back up again. He's given us some help here. Somebody say, help me. He's given us that right there. Isn't that awesome? The other picture was a dove. I like that one better. That shows a man surrendering. That shows a man saying, I can't do it on my own. God gave us the Holy Ghost. It's difficult at times to trust God when we see what's in front of us. We might be thinking, it's just too much. I can't handle this. I can't begin to see all that's happening. I can't, I can't even see God in this. You know, I was, I was thinking that, I was hoping that there was some, there was still was some rule of law in, in that, in that courtroom, in that jurisdiction, and there wasn't an ounce of it. And I'm like, where are you at in all of this? You know, and sometimes it's right. We're on our own. You know, we will never be able to discern how God is sometimes is working in our lives. That's why he has given us a helper. That's why he's given us a helper called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why he's put his spirit inside of us. God literally dwells in each one of us with a little piece of himself. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I go to a Holy Ghost church. So I forgot something this morning, and I had to run back home. When I, when I turned into the neighborhood there, we live in the hood. We're a bunch of hood rats. Amen. When I turned in the neighborhood, there was a distinguished citizen of the society here. He and his wife, and they were dressed nice, and I, I know who they are, and I, I'm figuring they're going to church. But then my mind starts whirling. So what are they going to do at church today? Are they going to speak in tongues today? Are they going to cry today? Are they going to feel the presence of the Lord today? Are they going to be saying, wow, we had an awesome service. The power of God moved in. Are they going to sing behind me, before me, behind me, always beside me? I know it's not the right tune, but it's just it's the right words. I got the right words. Are they going to know he's really there behind them? Are they really going to even recognize that he's in front of them or beside them? Probably not. It's just a check off on the list that they went to church this week. But I am so glad that God has afforded me the opportunity in this world and in this life to be full of his spirit. Amen. I am so glad that he has put a little slice of him inside of me. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that one of these days the Bible says, Paul said in Romans, if so, the Spirit of God Christ dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. Oh, ho. that means I got resurrection power in me too. Hallelujah. That means I got some power in me that can raise a dead man back to life again. That means I got power in me that I can take a human body and it will transform me one day from, uh, hallelujah, from mortal to immortality and from corrupt into incorruption. Woo, man, I am so glad God gave me the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you want it. You want it. You need it. You got to get this thing. This is the best thing since sliced bread. Boughton bread. You ever think that Boughton was a brand name? 
My mom said, go get some bought and bread. I said, hey, I mean, how you spell that, bought and bread? That's not what she was meaning. That's bread you didn't bake. Where I came, where I come from, cornbread and chicken. Where I come from, my grandmother made bread. They made it every day. They made homemade bread, and they sliced it thin, and that's what you ate sandwiches with. Uh-huh. That's what you put on, down on the plate on the plate, and that's what you threw the gravy on. We're getting close to lunch. You can tell. Amen. Bought and bread. It's better. The Holy Ghost is better. This is so much better. John said, I, I'm baptizing you with water, but he that's coming after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You know what, Sister Sylvia? I still remember that day in September. Right here. Right here. Right here. Something like this. Like this, and it went. Because the hands disappeared. Because you just laid out on the floor. Speaking in tongues. I like a church like that. I like church red hot. I like people falling out. I like people getting slain in the Spirit. I like people getting the Holy Ghost. I like people getting baptized. I like God moving amongst us. So he's given us this Holy Ghost thing. He said, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit trains our eye to see with spiritual eyes. He trains us. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Mm, even when I don't feel it, you're working. He knows exactly what my situation is no matter where I'm at. He knows exactly what I need. And he ministers to me both personally and individually. I'm going to tell you, I haven't slept much since Tuesday night. I haven't slept much at all. I think I saw 2 o'clock Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. I didn't see 6, and by 7, I'm saying, oh, where did it go? That's kind of like this morning. Anybody feel that this morning? Hallelujah. Wednesday night was a little better because my sister here said, you got to get a hold of yourself. God's not done. Sometimes you just need another voice telling you it ain't over till it's over. Amen. You just need some counsel. He'll help you with counseling. He'll comfort you. He'll protect us. He'll not leave us nor forsake us. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is it that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. God's not leaving me. God's always in front of me. God's always behind me. God's always beside me. He's not leaving me wherever I go. He's not like Clark. If you say, I got to go to Walmart, the Lord will go with you to Walmart. Clark won't. Says, I'm not going in there. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus will go in Walmart. 
He said, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Oh, that's a good word. Deuteronomy 31, 6 is a good word. John 14, 26. But the comforter, he's the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He's going to send it in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. Sometimes just be quiet and let the Lord talk in your ear. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. And the Lord starts talking in your ear. He starts telling you everything that's going on. And you're like, oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he will cause you to recall. He will remind you of and bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives you do I give, do I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated or disturbed. Stop having those panic attacks. Did the Lord die? And we had to have a panic attack because the Lord died? The Lord ain't never going to die. The Lord's still in control. He's still in charge. Oh, it's quiet. Did everybody get your library book? Get your library book. We're going to go to the carpet circle time. I'm in a library right now. Ooh, Lord. The Lord ain't dead. He's still alive. He that keeps Israel never slumbers, never sleeps. Hallelujah. You want to know if Israel's going to be, still be a nation? Every time the sun comes up, that's God saying Israel will still be a nation. Israel ain't going anywhere. 400 million Arabs against 1 million Jews cannot push them into the ocean, cannot get rid of them because God is with them. If God is with his natural seed, why wouldn't he be with his spiritual seed? Do you know that you and I are the seed of Abraham? We are the stars of the heaven? Oh, come on. Come on, I'm, am I throwing out too much for you today? Can you not, are you gagging on it? I'm telling you, the Bible says in Galatians that the blessings of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles also. Abraham was told by God. God said, Abraham, I want you to look at the sands of the sea. I want you to look at the stars of the heaven. He said, every place you put your feet, I'm going to give it to you. He said, if you can number the sands of the sea and the stars of the heaven, that's going to be your seed. Now the stars of the heaven represent the church. We're Abraham's seed. Like it or not, you're a spiritual Jew. Like it or not, we're spiritual Jews. And the natural nation of Israel is the sand of the sea. God was talking a twofold vision to Abraham. He was saying, I'm going to give you a natural seed, and I'm also going to give you a spiritual seed. And the spiritual seed will enjoy the same blessing that the natural seed receives have you ever met very many poor jews then why are we poor believers because the blessing of abraham is supposed to come upon us as well do not be fearful and do not be intimidated and cowardly and unsettled oh what are we going to do what are we going to do god's in control god's in charge he's doing this for my good 
Hebrews 13, 5, Amplified. Let your character and moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Oh, can I read that to you again? For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, he said it again, I will not, he said it again, in any way, uh, in any degree, leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. God has your back. God has your hand. God has your circumstance. God has every situation that you're fighting right now. He's got it. Joshua 1.5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, and so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. No one will be able to stand against you. New Living says, as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses, I will not fail you or abandon you. He's not going to leave you an orphan. He's not going to leave you by yourself. He's got all this in control. He knows exactly what that court hearing was going to say before I got there. He knew exactly what the, how this whole thing's going to play out. But God gave us a word that we could hold on to through the journey. You see, that's how good God is. Because I'm telling you what, this would be even harder to preach, Frank, if I didn't read the, have the whole word. It'd be even harder to preach if I didn't have 80% of that words already, that 80% of that words already put together and has already been fulfilled. I mean to the T. God is not, God is not just going to give you generalities either. He will give you specifics. He gave us specific things in that word, and I mean they just started falling like flies. One word after another, another revelation after another, another person exposed after another, and man, we're standing there saying, oh, yes, we are full of faith, believing God can do anything. And then when he starts moving, and we see mountains crumble and seas open up and dry land to walk, and we're going, oh, my goodness, OMG, right? Oh, my goodness, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to fail you. He's always guiding us. He's going to tell us which way to go. He's going to tell us to go this way, or he's going to tell us to go this way, or he's going to tell us to go this way. God, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Amen. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. Say never. Say it like you mean it, never. Say it again, never. They will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. God has got your hand, brothers and sisters. I just want to encourage you. I want you to stop and think this several times a day. God is working in my life. God is working on my problem, and God is working on my loved ones. God's working in my situation in Maryland. God's working on my situation in Louisiana. God's working on my situation in Texas. God's working on my situation in Ramsey. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whoa, come on now, somebody. God's working. God's working. God's working. And the devil just wants to get in your head and play a head game. 
The devil wants to get in your head and tell you, God's let you down. He said, oh, look. Look, he gets to go and take him with him. I set it all up, the people in the right places. And all I could say was, it ain't over. It ain't over until it's over. Let's all stand. He's working in my life. He's working in my family. He's working in my body. He's working in my mind. He's working in my spirit. He's working in my finances. Come on now, somebody. What's he, what do you need God to work on right now? You need to declare that in your life. What do you need God to work on in your life right now? God's working. He's working on my problem. I want you to be full of hope today. I want you to be full of hope when you leave here today. No matter what you do, no matter what you see or don't see, always remember that God is present even if you can't see him. I want you to just remember that God's hand is on you even if you can't feel his hand on you. I want you to keep in mind that God has never left you nor forsaken you. I want you to know that God, when he put his spirit in you, the helper, the Holy Ghost, that he put his presence in you, and he said, I am going with you all the way to the end. Hallelujah. I've been walking with the Lord for almost 40 years, and it gets better every day. Hallelujah. God has never let me down. Hallelujah. God's never failed me. I've lost some battles, but I will win this war. Amen. One of these days, I'm going to walk into that place, that city, and I'm going to hear him say, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord now and forevermore. You can be on top of the mountain, friends. You can be up there. Because when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Like I said, I, I took responsibility when I prayed in English on that situation. I'm praying in tongues now. I don't know what I'm saying. I do know I am praying the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So if I've helped anybody today, if I've encouraged anybody today, when we, come on up. Just come on up real fast like a family. Bring, it, bring whatever you're carrying. Bring whatever you're carrying. Not your purse, not your pocketbook, not your wallet or satchel. Just bring that problem. Bring that situation. God's, God's got relief for us. God's got relief for us. In the name of Jesus. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to keep on walking. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Before me, behind me, always beside me. That other song says, I call your name, Lord, you reply. You bring your kingdom to stand by my side. I want you to think about that. His whole kingdom, his whole arsenal is right beside you at your disposal. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Hosanna Mahatma Sahib.
Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your word today in the name of Jesus. Because this word today helped pull me out of my pit Wednesday. Your word today, Lord, that I have shared with my brothers, sisters, pulled me out of my pit Wednesday. So, Lord, I would pray for them today that the same effect that the word had on me on Wednesday morning will work on, have the same effect on them, God, today. In the name of Jesus, that, Lord, even though I can't see you, I'm not supposed to be seeing things. I'm supposed to be looking for the unseen things. I'm looking at unseen things. I'm looking at that iceberg that's 90% under the water. I'm looking, God, where you can't even see. I want your spirit, Lord, to open our eyes right now. Before we leave this place, I pray for my brothers and sisters to begin to receive that sight, that spiritual sight in their eyes and their hearts, the eyes of their heart, that, Lord, they would begin to see you working behind the scenes. They would begin to see you working underneath the surface in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we're going to be encouraged. We're going to be encouraged, Lord, because you said I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never fail you. I'll never abandon you. You're on my mind because my spirit's in you. I want you to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you can pray in the Spirit right now, I want you to do that right now. Lord, give us those eyes. Give us those eyes. Those eyes to see the unseen. Those eyes to see the hidden. Those eyes to see the things, God, that we can't see. And train, Lord, our natural eyes to get off of what we can see. Lord, train our ears to the frequency of your voice that I don't hear the voice of the enemy trying to say fear, failure, doom, doubt, unbelief. Come on, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it in the name of Jesus. We're going to keep seeking the Lord. We're going to keep seeking the Lord. We're going to be hungry for the Lord. Because if I keep seeking Him, I'm going to see the unseen. If I keep seeking Him, I'm going to see with my eyes that are trained to see unseen things. Not the natural, but the spiritual in the name of Jesus. When you're down to nothing, brothers and sisters, God is up to something. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something.